0: Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're in the Fatherhood. As a new member of the Hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a new father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting to getting no sleep, to changing diapers, to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 21 of the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and as always, welcome. You know, one of the things I've consistently said that has helped me in my transition to fatherhood is the fact that I have a lot of friends, acquaintances, classmates, peers, all of whom are fathers. And I've watched some of them up close and others from afar and taken a lot of mental notes on how they have approached fatherhood. And, you know, I've applied many of those things that I've observed uh, in my life as Emery's dad so far. And look, adjusting to one has been a challenge. So to me, you know, my next guest is Superman in my eyes, and I'm glad he's taken some time out of his busy schedule to chop it up with me today. So with that said, I'd like to welcome my man, Harold Reed, to the Fatherhood Podcast.
1: Man, really happy to to take part in, in the podcast and, and share, hopefully, what is some uh, nuggets of wisdom about uh, fatherhood.
0: Absolutely, man. But before we go down that road, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, of course, I'm a proud graduate of uh, Hampton University, uh, the real HU, and um, I graduated with a a PR degree or a degree in Mass Media Arts and have been working in that field for the last 15 years. Um, Worked in New York for a little while, for about nine years or so, and then made the transition down to Atlanta now and working for a um, marketing and communications agency, Jackson Spaulding. Um, where I'm focusing more so on sports um, and sports marketing. So that's kind of what my career background is. And um, on the family side, uh, a father of five children. Yes, that was not a good five children, um, all under the age of seven, Um, three daughters and two sons. So um, that's a little bit about myself.
0: You know, Harold, from your perspective, man, I always ask my guests about what it means uh, to be a father. So in your opinion, what does being a father mean to you?
1: Um, I mean, it means so much, man. I mean, outside of just being a, uh, a protector, a provider, um, kind of that guiding light for the family. Um, it's really kind of the best job in the world. I mean, there are, um, things that I just saw my father kind of do when I was growing up and, and my grandparents, my grandfather's, Um, but experiencing the joy of being a father and having that experience five times over, um, you learn so much in each different time. You know, the first child is just kind of like, what do I do? (laughs) What, 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 what happens next? And then as you get more into the swing of things, you learn, um, a lot more about that. But throughout that entire experience, you have to, um, be steadfast in, in, all that you do, um, in regards to being selfless And always thinking about the things that you do and the things that you don't do, I think has been kind of the biggest lesson that I've learned um, as being a father.
0: Yeah. And as as you've mentioned before, man, you're a father of five. And uh, I'm curious, once you decided you wanted to get married and start a family, how did you approach fatherhood? Like who were some role models that you looked at and said, you know, that's who I want to be like?
1: Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, um, my father, Um, he was and still is a great inspiration to me, um, in regards to how he raised myself and my sisters. Um, he always did it in a respectful manner. Um, everything that he did, he was conscious of, of all eyes being on him. Um, and that went a long way. Um, he made sure that he left a, a positive influence on myself and that I did the same thing once I became a father. Um, so he was the, he's the primary, um, Kind of prototype, or who who I model my fatherhood after, and then I would say my um, my grandparents, who both um, are now deceased, my grandfathers, because they set the the blueprint for for him, um, and then the same thing on on my mom's end regarding regarding my grandfather on that side. So um, they were also great role models in terms of how positive they were and how hardworking they were, um, and just kind of showing me that path. That um, it's not easy, but at the end of the day, um, you'll be so grateful for all that 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 you you put into it and what you get from from being a father.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you feel about this man, but it's been interesting to see people who you know way back when, guys you grew up with, guys you went to school with, and to see them transitioning into into their role of father. Um, so, how has fatherhood changed you personally and your approach to life?
1: Um, it it's changed me in, in a variety of ways. I mean, um, first, as a father, you, you like as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you have to be selfless. You have to think about everything around you, the, the, the children, your wife, of course, and those become the top priority. Um, you know, putting whatever you had kind of to the back burner, not forgetting about it, but putting that to the back to make sure everyone is good before anything else happens. And, you know, how that has impacted my approach is, That um, I think when you transition from being, um, I would say, single to married, you know, at one point in time, you're thinking about everything you need to do to stay afloat. And then from that point on, when you become engaged and when you get married, then you think about you as a unit. And then when you add children into the factor, you think about that collectively, every single thing that you do. Um, You know, at one point in time, I was a, a huge fan of sneakers and still am. But elections had to change a little bit once, once the kids came into effect. So um, you have to think about not really sacrifices. I don't call it a sacrifice, but about the growth and the longevity of your family. Um, now it's about making sure that regardless of whatever's going on, you're setting them up for success the same way you were set up for success.
0: Speaking of adding kids to your life, you and your wife have added five kids. And for today's standards, man, that, that's a lot. Uh, and I know for me, I'm in awe of how you get it done and manage your time. So the simple question I have for you is, is how do you do it?
1: Well, it's definitely um, a matter of splitting the responsibility. So my wife and I, uh, she's my best friend. We are the greatest teammates ever, uh, like Kobe and Shaq, essentially. <laughs> so... when, um just a typical day in the morning uh, two, my oldest two daughters are in elementary school and my youngest three are in um, child care or daycare but they're in two separate daycares so um, in the morning I take my two oldest to the bus stop sit with them stay with them until the bus comes and then after that I take my next oldest daughter or my youngest daughter excuse me to daycare Uh, Which is on my way to work while my wife takes the youngest two kids to their daycare, which is about 10 minutes away from the house So that's a typical morning for us waking up getting them all prepared and then going separate ways And then on the way back home my youngest two they take the bus home. So my wife is there to get them Um, And then I pick up my youngest daughter and then my wife picks up the youngest two boys um, so that's like a typical day. We, we conquer and divide. I mean, if we don't do that, then, you know, we'll suffer uh, burnout from one end or the other, you know, in regards to having to deal with work. My wife works full time. I work full time. Um, we get home. We cook dinner. Um, we really avoid all types of fast food whenever we can, um, unless we're really, really just tired, uh, which happens every now and then. But um, for the most part, you know, we make sure we're put holding each other up because if we don't do that, then um, it just becomes kind of more of a toxic environment. Um, so we always try to help one another no matter what.
0: Man, I was struggling to keep up with you just now. So let's unpack this a little bit, Harold. Um, was having a big family the plan for you guys all along?
1: It was. I mean, it, it really was. And you can ask our, our, our close friends and family. We said, you know, after we got engaged, we wanted a big family. We wanted five um now after we had three and four we said okay you know i think we might be in a good place and we said you know what i think it's time for me to get that procedure um (laughs) and, and i did and god had another plan so literally a day or two before i had that procedure number five was uh conceived so um that's how we got to 5. <laughs> um not not to say that we did not want to have the fifth, but after we had four, we thought, okay, we have four, we're in a good space, and then God blessed us with a fifth, um literally literally right before I had that that procedure. Um so we were happy. Um you know, for number 4, we did not find out the 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 gender until the day that he was born. So we, I, I assumed based on the first three that it was going to be another daughter, and we ended up having a son. And then the last go round, we had a second son. So, um, to me, everybody asked, like, I know you were you were going for that boy, and it wasn't that case. I mean, I love them the same regardless. Um, but I was, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we we have a nice split because you know, it's so many things that uh, can be done when you, when you have a son, you know, of your own versus a daughter. And that doesn't change the way that we raise them, uh, from my perspective or my wife's perspective, but it just kind of changes things up a little bit.
0: Yeah. You know, I was going to ask you that, man, you started out with three girls and I don't, I don't want to assume, but I'm guessing at some point you, you wanted a boy, you're an athletic guy who's in a sports. Was it even in the back of your mind at some point that you, you really wanted that boy?
1: I mean, I I think initially that was kind of the case, like, oh man, that would, that would be great to have a son. But then when we had my first daughter, I was like, you know, uh, a father daughter connection is like no other. So at that point, yeah. it was just like, I didn't, it didn't matter. And then after having my three daughters and the fact that <laughs> they're all pretty athletic in regards to what they do, what you mm-hmm. know, in soccer, gymnastics, basketball, and have excelled so. I was fine as is because I still was going to be involved regardless. Um, So uh, when I did have the son, that was just like a a shock to me Um, and not in a bad way. But it was just like now I'm not prepared because for the last, you know, uh, six years, we've been doing this and doing it this way in regards to everything that we've done. The pink room, you know, the clothes. We have 10 bins of, of girls clothes from, you know, uh infant all the way up to five or six and it was like okay now we got to start again and we got to change this whole cycle up and make sure we are creating an environment that's conducive to having a son and then the second go round, we had um uh, my son i call him like little lebron because he's only two pounds Mm -hmm. uh, lighter than my, my oldest son and he's seven months and my oldest son is 19 months so you could just imagine how big he he could potentially be in regards to his size, and they're wearing the same size clothes, diapers, everything right now. So that that's a shift. That's a change. Like you know, my daughters—they all grew in their own kind of way. Um, but that was a, that was definitely a shift in terms of like, okay, um, it's getting real with how many diapers that we have to buy, man, <laughs> the kids are eating because now if you get a say, I, say we do go to Chick Fil A, um, we would have to get four meals on top of what me and my wife did. So that's six meals total, no matter if it's kids meals or whatever. So that might've been $15 four or five years ago. Now that bill is about $35. Just getting whatever, that could be three or four kids meals and two adult meals or just sandwiches. So that changes things, you know? Um, And not to say like, um, we don't watch what, what, what we do and what we spend. Um, but it's just a matter of making sure everyone's taken care of.
0: That's great, man. So for your second son, did you, did you find out his gender or did you wait, uh, to find out as well?
1: No, we did not wait. Um, me being just kind of like, want to be prepared. My wife wanted it to be a a surprise. And I said, no, not this time. I'm sorry. We, we, we have to know because, um, It was we still had all the girls clothes just in case the last one was a girl. And I said, you know, if it's a boy, we just need to we need to get rid of all of this stuff we do have so we can prepare for uh, the newest edition. So when we did find out we were having a son, we had plenty of stuff already. So we were in a good space.
0: I want to take it back a little bit, man. You know, you and your wife—you know—you said you wanted to have a big family, and you two were in agreement about that. So, I'm curious, what was the desire behind wanting to have a big family?
1: Uh, well, I think um, a, a major part in us have wanting to have large families is because we came from, I would say, smaller immediate families. Um, so, my my wife has a brother who is three years older than her. Um, so that was just her and him and with him being a little bit older and him also being a a, of the opposite gender, they just kind of didn't click until they were a lot older. So having uh, kids that were a little bit closer in age um, that would grow up together was a big thing. We didn't want our kids to grow up, you know, kind of the same way we did where we were, we had siblings, but we were separated in regards to age or, um, just interest. So on my end, I have two older sisters who are 12 and eight years older than me. So we essentially didn't grow up together. Like they were in college and um, I was just kind of by myself. So we want to just try to change that dynamic the best way we could.
0: You know, with a family that big, man, you, you know, just for me, just watch you guys on social media and listen to you talk now. I, I'm time management, scheduling, budgeting, all those things are huge. So how do you make sure all the logistics are handled
1: um, so we have a, a calendar um, for just for us that's separate from like you know what a typical calendar that would be on your iPhone or Android device that is like our family kind of calendar in terms of everything that we're doing so um, if it's a doctor's appointment if um, we need a babysitter whatever it might be everything goes into that that calendar that is like our bible for time and what is going on during the week so every every day we update that schedule and we get those updates to figure out what's going on and what we have planned for essentially the next two to three weeks so that keeps us kind of grounded in regards to what's going on because there's so many moving parts with our children being in three different schools they're them coming back with different events and activities that are occurring at each of their own respective schools and making sure we don't miss anything, whether that's school pictures or if it's something that's going on at the school or whatever it might be, uh, we always stay on on tap with with that scheduling um, kind of app.
0: Carl, oh, you're you're also very successful in your career, as you mentioned when we started recording. So, how do you successfully balance being a father of five, as well as being a husband, and maintaining a, a high level uh, at, at your job?
1: Well, at the end of the day, I mean. We still have to, to work hard and do whatever we need to on a professional end. So um, I get in as early as I possibly can um, after I drop my daughter's off at school. So typically a day for me, I get in the office at about 745 um, and I typically leave around 430 or 445 so I could pick up my daughter um, from daycare and get back home at a decent time or decent hour so we can all have dinner together um that's a big thing in our household as well having dinner together every night um and uh that that's typically how my day goes so i still you know i make sure i'm available for all meetings but pretty much my my cap for leaving is 4:45. i have to leave by that time in order to get my by 6 p.m uh from her school and you know the traffic in atlanta is because sometimes be a monster so I try to give myself enough time to get there um, and pick her up and get home and make sure the family is good and spend some quality time before we all kind of eat dinner together and get everybody ready for bed.
0: You know, for as much as you guys plan her, I'm sure things don't always go smoothly. So how, how do you deal with the hiccups in the schedule? You know, maybe one day traffic is heavy. Maybe one day you have to stay late. And then sometimes things just don't go according to the plan, especially when you're, you're dealing with, you guys are dealing with not – just five kids, but the two of you, that's seven schedules.
1: Well, the thing that we, we we try to balance, I mean, my wife is is really like superwoman. So she helps, you know, tr- she adapts her schedule tremendously. Um, she's fortunate enough to work from home um, as, an, as a nurse practitioner. And um, she's able to, you know, see patients remotely. Um, and just because she's home, a lot of people assume like, oh, well, she's home so she can do things around the house. She's at home. She's working from literally from 830 or 88 a.m. until five and in between picking up our kids from the bus stop and then dropping them off at whatever activities she needs to and getting back in a timely fashion. So if there is a hiccup, say, for example, um, at one point in time, our son was sick um, and our daughter uh, wasn't feeling well. So what we had to do was we had to adjust the schedule. So instead of me taking um, my daughters to the bus stop and then heading to daycare to, to drop them off, I just stayed back, um, took my kids or took my um, oldest two to the bus stop, which is two minutes away from the house, came back, grabbed my son and my other, and my other daughter, um, took one of them to daycare and then took the other two to the doctor. Um, and that was just that was the, the the way the cookie crumbled on that day but um, in other instances my wife has kind of picked up the slack when I'm not able to get to a doctor's appointment or if there is anything that that comes up um, so we really kind of uh, flip-flop in terms of that responsibility so if she took my son to the doctor's appointment last and I'm next up to bat the next time something comes up and that's pretty much the way that we go about it to ensure that we keep balance and sanity for both of us.
0: You know, I'm sure balance and sanity is is a word that comes up a lot in your household. So with all the responsibilities you and Maria have with raising this beautiful family, how do you make time for each other and and the things that you may want to do or some interests you have individually?
1: Absolutely. Um, I would say the biggest thing is that, um, for one, it's hard to find a babysitter for five children we we usually now at this point we have to get two babysitters not because um, one person can't handle five but because our sons are so young um, in comparison to the older girls who are a lot more independent somebody needs to really keep an eye on on those two and really the, the youngest one he needs to be held the majority of the time um, just because he's only only six months and then the older son is is 19 months so he's getting into everything so those need a they need a close eye. While my daughters are a little bit little bit more independent and they can help, but they also want to have their own fun as well. Um, in terms of like mm-hmm. watching movies or playing games or doing whatever else they're doing, so that requires a little bit more um, hand holding and support for for all the children. So babysitter is key. But what we tend to do is make sure we always spend time talking pretty much every night before we go to sleep um and also there's certain days when our shows come on like if it's you know soul train or boomerang or Nine, uh we make sure we watch those together and every friday we have a movie night um and not going to the movie theaters i don't think i've been to the movie theaters in probably eight years uh we have movie night with the family where the kids watch a movie uh, with popcorn um and if they feel like having pizza or something like that, we'll, we'll, we'll get that for them. And then after they watch their movie, then me and my wife will watch a movie of choice. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can stay up, you know, depending on how, how tired we are or how long that week was, but that's kind of our time to unwind and we make sure we're able to get out, um, and just kind of go on a date at at, at the very least once a month. But the goal is always twice a month. I mean, we, you know, it would be very aspirational to say we wish we could go out every week, um, but that would be a little costly in regards to babysitters and everything else that's going on. So what we try to do is um, go out at a minimum of once a month and um, if we can, try to do something at, at the very, at the most, for two, two times during the month.
0: So, man, what, what does sleep look like for you? Uh,
1: sleep is, is an interesting concept, um, is what I call it now. So... Um, we have both our sons in one room now. Um, initially we had our youngest son in the room with us in the bassinet. Um, so he will wake up every four hours. So now that we put him in his own crib in his room, he gets, uh, uh, he'll sleep probably about six or seven mm. hours. Um, and that's on a good, a good night if he's not feeling well, or he's just kind of, um, yeah doesn't have the sleep bug, he'll probably wake up two every two or three hours. Um, so it's really us getting up. And then our daughters, um, they'll, they'll kind of run into the room if they hear a noise or if they're scared. One of them is a very light sleeper. So they might get up. So any given night, you know, we can be woken up three or four times. Um, my wife probably gets up the most because um, she still nurses our, our youngest son. Um, so that involves her having to get up. Um, Fortunately enough for me, that gives me a little bit more time. But I try to get up because I know, you know, I don't want her just to be the only one suffering. So I try to do everything I can to, to, to lend a helping hand if she needs something um, or try to get up and try to soothe my son as much as I can to kind of let her get a little bit more sleep. So out of the two, it's less sleep. But I would say on an average, we probably get about five to six hours of sleep.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. You know, it's one thing to want a big family. And you mentioned having those dreams and aspirations early on. But you were able to actually have those dreams come to fruition. So um, um, I'm just curious, now that it's here, now that you live it, was it what you expected? Was it what you imagined?
1: I would say um, it's above and beyond what what we wanted, and, and in a positive way. Um, it was... You know, we expected it to not not to be like the Brady Bunch or Blackish, but to be um, it was going to be a task. And we know that, you know, we are the role models for our children. So that part has, you know, for, for me and my wife has made us better, better individuals because we're cognizant of everything that we do, everything that we say around them. Because, as you know, kids are like sponges, but now you have five sponges. So if you say something that you're not supposed to say, do something that you're not supposed to do. If you you know have an argument in front of the children, they, they, they retain all of that information. So um, we just try to make sure we are being the best that we can for each of our children, that um, we're doing all that we can to make sure that they have a positive impact and lasting impact um, in their lives. Uh, And that is is greater than anything that I've ever accomplished. You know, in regards to any sports accolades or any career accolades or anything else, Um, nothing is better than seeing the smiles on our children's faces, or hearing them laugh, or coming up to us telling telling us about their day. Those things are are uh, at the top of the list in regards to uh, why it's so special. To have a big family um, and really to pay off to us um, nothing else is greater than that
0: yeah man i'm, I'm definitely looking forward to experiencing that as emory uh gets old i'm talking to harold reed today on the fatherhood podcast and you guys harold have been very open about sharing your family on social media and you listeners you can find them at the reed crew on instagram on youtube so so what was the motivation behind doing so
1: so uh, initially We were, you know, um, a lot of people talk about, you know, don't put pictures of your your children up because, you know, it's people online and are looking at pictures and all types of things. And, you know, initially, I think it's just like any parents, you you read an article and you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to put my my son or my daughter on social media so, you know, people can, can take images or snapshots of them and use them elsewhere or whatever it might be. But then you know, one day my daughter, my daughter said to us, we want to start a YouTube channel. And we said, well, I, you know, don't know where it came from, but I know, you know, when they get a chance to, to have like pad time, they watch little YouTube channels of kids that are their age, opening toys and what have you. And they actually asked us if, if they could, if we can start a a page on Instagram so they can share pictures of our family. Um, It wasn't even from us. And from that from that day forward, we kind of said, let's, you know, put some pictures out there. And it's also a means of kind of sharing some images for family as well, uh, because everybody wants to see pictures of the, of the family and how everyone's growing and, and different milestones and things of that nature. So it had kind of a dual purpose. One was because our kids wanted to kind of have a presence there. And then secondly, to, you know, kind of keep people abreast to some of the things that we're doing. Um And it's, it's worked out, you know, it's given, given us some opportunities, um, in some different places. I mean, my wife was, was able to be in a, um, a campaign for, for criminal schools. Um, you know, my daughters, you know, have, have done some things just minorly with, with, with modeling. Um, so it's been, it's been a blessing. And I think if you use it in a positive way to show, you know, what we tell our daughters is that, you know, and our sons. You know, our daughters that you're beautiful, our sons that they're handsome and that, you know, no matter what anybody says, you know, this is you, you know, be true to yourself. And by seeing those images, they'll have memories that'll last forever. Um, So it's a great way to kind of have um, as a third option, a a momentum of seeing our family grow as as a whole. So those are, are a lot of the reasons why we use social media, primarily just Instagram to kind of showcase some of the things that we do. Um, And we also look there for inspiration of of other families as well in terms of what they do. We might not talk to them, but kind of seeing some of the messages that they spread there, um, it helps us too. I mean, we're not perfect parents um, or or perfect people, but what we try to do is learn from those around us that are a part of our circle and some of those that are not that are doing great things. And um, I think that's what social media uh, can do if you use it in the right way.
0: So when all seven of you guys are out, maybe you're at the mall or you know, like like you're at Chick-fil-A as you mentioned earlier, do, do people come up to you and ask you about your large family?
1: Absolutely. We always get the stairs. Um just like, wow. <laughs> like and and of course, are they twins? Do you have twins or this or that? Like, no. We got we have five children, all who were born separately. I know that some of them look alike, some of them may be the same height. Um, but five children, um they're all ours, none <laughs> adopted or anything like that, um, and it wouldn't be a problem if they were. But these are our children; we love them, and we wouldn't change anything for the world. Um, and a lot of what we get when we go out is, how do you get them to stay so well behaved? Which is like, um, when you're at home, they're like Dr. Jekyll, and when they go out, they're you know a different person. You know, like, and not, and you know, not to say they act out when they're home, but Um, They mind their manners. You know, when they go to to birthday parties for their friends or whatever it might be, um, they always say, how how are your children so well behaved? But I think it's a reflection of the parents and how we raise them. Um, So that that's been really a great thing to hear when people are like, I can't even get my two year old, one year old, four year old to sit down for five minutes. I, I don't know how you can get all five of yours to kind of be peaceful in this environment.
0: Yeah, man, I'm definitely going to be reaching out uh, to you for advice when my little man um, gets older. So how do you feel, Harold, that you've changed from, you know, starting off as a father of one, and now you're an experienced vet um, in the game as a father of five? Um,
1: I think the biggest change is that um, in regards to raising one to raising five is that you know you have to take advantage of every moment, so you know and also still giving each one of your children um an opportunity to kind of engage with you, you know even though we have all 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 five children together it's having some small conversations taking um My daughter out to get ice cream separately from her sisters taking my son out to you know go to the park and still having those those kind of singular moments versus the family moments because we have those all the time where you know you just kind of get some of that face time with them um, and you build that trust and understanding between you um, and your child so i think that changed a lot because being able to get that time and you know taking my daughter to 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 get a toy if she she has a great day or if she does well on her report card or progress report um is different when it's when it's only one and then you go to two and when you have more than you have hands that's when it gets real that's what i've always kind of preached and practiced. so um, but yeah that i think that's the biggest kind of thing i've learned over time is taking advantage of that that time and when i get home the typical rule of thumb is to um, put the phone up um And if it is anything that's really urgent, I have my, you know, kind of my smartwatch. And if it's a call that I really need to take, then I can still get it. But essentially, um, unless it's some type of crisis situation, uh, for the most part, I kind of put my phone up the second I walk into the door so I can direct all my attention to the family.
0: You know, with three girls and, and two young sons, Harold. You know, when they get older, there are going to be some real life issues that you are going to have to face and deal with. You know, both sides of the spectrum with with girls and with two young black boys. So, I am just wondering, have you thought about how you are going to deal with that, or have you given any thought of how you want to approach those those discussions uh, when that time comes?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about it all the time. I mean, I think that's one of the scariest parts of, of being a father is that um, the things that we've gone through as 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 black men, as as um, people of African-American descent, um, you see some 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 ridiculous things happen happening to us as a culture. And you want to make sure that, you know, your, your children know how to represent themselves in any particular situation and that they stay safe. Um, amongst all things, so you know, um, and that they also stay true to themselves. And the biggest thing about that is, and some they experience it now somewhat uh, in regards to um, some of the things that can be can be said um, from a racial perspective, because um, they go to a school um, where there are not many people that look like them, um, where they're very much the minority. And I tell them every day, you know, be be proud of who you are. Um, If it's anyone that says anything to you, let me know, let us know so we can have that conversation Um, because we don't want them to get into into a situation where they have to um, kind of fight their way out of something. So we always tell them to let us know about what's happening. And, you know, there have been some instances in school that I'm not particularly fond of um, in this day and age, but it's happening all around us. So just making sure they're aware of their surroundings that we always have that open discussion that they feel comfortable telling us whatever is going on. And that as we go along, the biggest thing that I think I've learned is that you have to be prepared to have those tough conversations. You know, having daughters, if it is about, you know, aspects of, of them being a female, um, you have to be ready to do that. And my wife, vice versa, she has to be prepared to do that as well, um, just in case, um, because sometimes you have to have those conversations swiftly. Um, just to make sure that they feel comfortable and safe and know about what's going on around them.
0: Last question for you, man. I really appreciate you joining me on the, on the podcast today. It's been a great conversation. You know, you know, as a father of five, as well as a husband, you know, you, you wear a lot of hats, um, you know, and you are effectively doing it. You're, you guys successful in making it work. So what advice would you give fathers who, who are struggling to find that balance, struggling to, to manage their time, whether it's at work and, and doing what they need to do as a father? What advice would you give them to effectively um, be successful in managing their time and wearing different hats in, as, a, as a father?
1: Um, I, I would say a uh, counsel that I, that I would provide is that um, you have to have a little bit of that me time. But at the same time, you got to remember, it's not only about you. So, you know, being able to go hang out with the fellas is great and you can do that. And I definitely condone it um, for sanity purposes and just, you know, just to to live a a balanced life. Um, But it can't be a consistent thing. You know, it's great to have a guys trip. It's great to to go out with with your close friends um, and do those things as often as possible. But at the same time, you have to strike that that balance of being a father and being there. You know, you have to be present. Um, And that's the biggest thing. I mean, uh, being able to go to a recital or being able to go, you know, go play at the Y are two different things. And, you know, growing up, as I got a little bit older, I realized that I love to play basketball and, you know, try to stay in shape as best as I can. But you can never get back that time that you lose. So always remember that so if you miss you know your your daughter or your son's first steps or if you miss them saying their first words because you were doing something like working out at the gym uh, because you felt like it, you had to do it at that time you know you can't get that back so um just always realize that you have to have time for yourself but at the end of the day that time with your family is Very, very important. And kids remember those things. Like if you're not there, um, if you pop up at school just to you know, surprise visit, they take all that in. So just being cognizant of that and making sure that you keep a, a really good balance um, about it. But the family is always at that, that first priority.
0: Well, look, man, before I let you go, I want you to let people know what you have going on, anything in Atlanta you want to promote, and just how people can, can follow you and keep up with what your family has going on.
1: Absolutely. Um, the best way to kind of see what's going on is, of course, following that page, our family on uh, Instagram, the Reed Crew, um, R-E-I-D Crew um, on Instagram. And then my personal page is Harold, H-A-R-O-L-D underscore R. And then another underscore. Um, And that's kind of the, you know, you can contact me or family that way in regards to just, you know, asking questions, um, of course, for for friends and family staying in touch as well. Um, But those are the best means to kind of contact me and see what's going on in our kind of my professional life, really on the Harold R side and then on the family life on the recruit side. Um, But those are the two best ways to to see what's going on and to, to catch up with me.
0: Well, like, like I said, my man, I really appreciate you dropping some some jewels on us. Um, keep up the great work, and thank you for joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, man. I really appreciate it, Jamar.
0: I want to thank my man Harold Reed for joining me today. Uh, you've been listening to the Fatherhood Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Jamar Hudson. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can find the show on social media at The Fatherhood Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook, you can like The Fatherhood Podcast page. And as always, you can catch me on my personal pages at Jamar Hudson on Instagram and Twitter. The Fatherhood Podcast drops every Saturday and can be found on major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, and TuneIn. I'll be back next week with another guest in the fatherhood. I'm Jamar Hudson. And as always, thank you for listening.